Good morning and welcome back. We are studying today the 14th chapter of Ilkhot Shabbat, Sefer Zemanim, Mishnah Torah of Harambam. And uh, this chapter actually defines all the all the Rashuyot of Shabbat, all the domains. We've been talking about domains from one domain to the other domain, etc. So these are the definitions. They are extremely important, especially for the whole discussion of the of the string that goes on nowadays and you know what let, let me just give a couple of words about that to begin with so maybe perhaps the rest of the chapter becomes more relevant most people in the united states i believe most people um carry on shabbat from one domain to another or within the public domain in reliance on a theory that having a string around a city makes the entire city or the entire neighborhood become one big Rishut Hayahid. And let me tell you what you need to establish, the four conditions you need to establish in order for this to work. And as you'll see, I think that none of those four is true per Harambam. Number one, you have to establish that the streets within that enclosing of the string are not Rashut Harabim. And to do that, they rely on a Rashi that says that in order for something to be Rashut Arabim, it needs to have traffic of 600,000 people. That's, uh, it doesn't have, apparently, doesn't have any source earlier than Rashi. Some people try to find it in the Sefer Mitzvot Kadol. It certainly does not have a source in the Gemara. Other than this one Gemara, which was also explained by Rabbi Abraham in Arambam, the Gemara says, is the Midbar Rashut Harabim or not? Is the desert Rashut Harabim or not? So the Gemara says, Kan Bizman She Israel Bo, Kan Bizman She Israel Bo. It depends whether the Jewish people is in it or not. So that could be taken as a proof that you need the Jewish people to be there, namely 600,000 people, in order for the Midbar to be Rashut Harabim, and otherwise it would not be. So, first of all, it wouldn't be 600,000, it would be 3 million or whatever. That's how many Jews there were there, not 600,000. Second of all, do we require them to be Jewish or can non-Jews also count? And third of all, Rabbi Avraham and Aramam explains it actually the other way around. He says, actually, the Midbar is by default Rashut Arabim. It's somewhere, as we'll see later, the definition of Rashut Arabim has to do with a place that is conducive to, to, uh, to traveling to traveling, something that permits the Rabbim to travel through it, to go through it. And the moment that you have a group of 3 million people stuck in the middle there, suddenly that area is not so convenient for other caravans to pass by, and therefore it's not Rashut Rabim. In other words, the place where Am Israel were Honim at that moment, according to Rabbi Abraham Rabbim, was not Rashut Rabim, but everything else is, even though it doesn't have 600,000 people. So question number one that you have to answer in, in the to one side, the most basic question for, 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 for us to even have a conversation about the string is, is what we have outside Rashut Harabim or not? So for Harambam it is, and that, that's the end of the conversation. By the way, if it's not, then you'll end up in a situation that Rashut Harabim virtually never existed through history because I challenge you to find me one place in history that had one street with tra with traffic of 600,000 or more. All right. Number two, 
if it's not a Rabim, if it's Carmelit, you have to prove that having a Mehisa, having a, a, a wall that is not really a wall, but is a wall of gates, because if you think of the strings as a wall, so think, think of the strings as starting as a wall and creating a very large gate within that wall with a very thin top to that gate, and then a gate next to that gate, and then a gate to that gate until the entire wall is gates. That's the idea of the string around a city. So you have to prove that that is enough to make Carmelit into Rashut Ayahid. Also something that, as we'll see per Harambam, is not the case. Also something that's not the case, because you need to also have Omed Merube Alaparus. You need to also have uh, the majority of the wall remaining as a wall, not as gates, for it to still be considered a wall. Number three, let's say you get through those two, two hurdles, you still have two more hurdles. You need to show that the string itself is of a material that is sufficient to create the kind of gates that the halakha in some situations recognizes. And the rule for that is that it has to be strong enough to support a door. In other words, Hachamim, very cognizant of the possibility of someone making a gate of strings, said, no, wait a second, it needs to be an actual gate. It needs to be a gate that is strong enough to support a door through the area created by that gate. Even if it's even if it's a very flimsy door, very light door. But I also urge you to look at that string and tell me if that string is strong enough to support a door even of paper. And that's hurdle number three. Hurdle number four, even if you had gone through the first three hurdles and you've shown that you're able to, uh, so it's not a shutra beam, you can make it kosher through a, a, a wall made of gates, make it through a, gate, through a wall made of gates, and that these gates are good gates. Now that you made it Rashutar Ayahid, it goes into another issue, another gezera, which is Haserot. Or Haserot, Haser, Haser is a courtyard shared by more than one tenant. So the way they used to have neighborhoods back in the day is they had uh, multiple houses leading to one single courtyard, which was shared, multiple courtyards leading to one shared alleyway, that's the Mavoy, and then the Mavoy opening itself to the public path, to the path where it's actually Rashut Rabim. Now, Hachamim said, we don't want people to carry within the courtyard itself, even though it is Rashut Ayahid, as we are going to see, because we want we want it to be clear that each person has their own private domain and that private domains are not really shared. And to do that, we require people to go through what's called Ayruv Haserot, to all of them join together and create, form some sort of a partnership of a union within that courtyard over some food, as if to say, you know, we all have our own homes, but look at us, we really are a very unified bunch. And look at us, we have this one meal here set apart and that over this meal, so to speak, <clears throat> we create this union and therefore the Hased is as if it belongs to the union, not to each of us individually. Now there is one catch that Hachamim also forbade to do Ayruvei Hasirot with any person that is not Jewish or that is not Shomer Shabbat. So even if you got through all the hurdles, you'd need 
to somehow go through other loopholes and some other acrobatics to explain why you're able to do Ayruv Haserot suddenly with people who are not Jewish or are not Shomre Shabbat, which is explicitly against what Hamim said. So the theory, just to tell you how people do it today, they go to the mayor of the city as though the mayor had any real power and they say to him, mayor, how about you sell us all the, uh, or on behalf of all the private properties, you enter into, into this union or, or for this one cent or this uh, quarter, you sell us all the properties of people who are not Jewish and who are not, and who are not Shomer Shabbat, which is a great, great deal. You can buy houses in Kings Point and in Great Neck and in very fancy neighborhoods for less than a quarter. And it assumes that the mayor can sell them. Um, so anyways, you need to go through a lot of things in order to be able to carry, which is why um, I don't carry. And I think that according to Ramam, it's very, very clear that you should not carry. And at the very least, I want to encourage people if they are looking to grow and to add more things to do, more humrot, halav Israel, not halav Israel. So maybe start by the basic, something that according to Harambam is Isur Torah, it's Isur Sekila, it's one of the 39 Melachot. And by the way, not only is the only Melacha that's called out on the Torah explicitly, that Moshe Rabbeinu says, stop doing Melacha and everyone stopped bringing things to the Mishkan, stop doing that Melacha of carrying. But also, it's something that Irmiyahu Hanavi decried before the destruction of Bet HaMikdash, Mosi'im Masabiyom HaShabbat, people were carrying on Shabbat and Irmiyahu really call them out on this. So it's something that's very important, very essential. Unfortunately, the culture today in what's called Frum Judaism has for some reason decided this is not one of the halachot that people are going to focus on. And of course, we have much more important halachot like uh, the length of the sleeve of women or or some, uh, I don't know, something else. So with that, with that introduction, which was really a parenthetical, let's begin Perek Arba'asar Halacha Aleph. The three paradigms the Gemara speaks about at Midbar, as we mentioned before, a desert. Yarim is a forest. Shevakim is a public market, a market that's open for everyone to set up their, their uh, store in there. By the way, uh, another Girsa of Harambam did not say Shevakim, but it said Sadot, it said fields, which doesn't make as much sense. Rabbi Avraham Narambam, his own son, corrected this and said, no, the Gersai Shevakim. If you say Sadot, then you have another argument to say that what we have today, the streets we have today, are not Rashut Arabim because they don't bring to the Midbar, the Yar, or Esadeh, but they do bring to Shuk. They do bring to Shuk. So Shevakim is essential here. Udrachim hanfullashim lahem. And every way, every road that leads, that's open to them. With two conditions for this road to be Rajut Arabim, it needs to have two conditions. One, it needs to be at least 16 amma wide, which is about 24 feet, and it may not have a, a tikra, it may not have a roof over it. A tunnel is not Rajut Arabim. What is the private domain? Pay attention, it's not about ownership. It's about topographical qualities that it has or, or architectural qualities. 
תל שגבוה עשרה טפחים ורחב ארבעה טפחים, ארבעה טפחים מהתל על כן. One example is a little mount, a little mount on, on, on the ground that is above ground, it's ten טפחים above ground and it has a surface area of four by four טפחים or more. As we said before, that is the, the surface area that makes something significant to, to have objects rest on it. וכן חריס שהוא עמוק עשרה ורחב ארבעה או ארבעה או יתר על כן. Likewise, if you have a ditch that is deep ten tefahim and has a surface area inside of four by four. וכל מקום שהוא מוקף ארבע מחיסות, very relevant to us, every place that is surrounded by four walls. גובהן עשרה וביניהן ארבעה על ארבעה. And these walls are ten tefahim tall. And in, inside them they create an area of four by four or more. אפילו יש פה כמה מילים, even if it had many many thousands of yards in it, היא מוקף לדירה, if the walls are meant to surround the place, to make it inhabitable for humans, כגון מדינה המוקפת חומשת לדותיה ננעלות בלילה, like a city that was surrounded by a fortified wall, and whose doors close at night, this is key, they have to close at night, therefore, according to הרמב״ם, and According to one opinion of Shulchan Aruch also, I think that that's the day of Shulchan Aruch as well. A place like Ayr HaAtika in Yerushalayim, the old city in Yerushalayim, although it's surrounded by walls, the doors do not lock at night, and therefore that shows that, that those kinds of walls are not really walls meant to make the place inhabitable. They're walls for, they're not serving the purpose of really making the city into a place of its own, and they are not enough to make the place Rashut HaYahid. <clears throat> ומבואות שיש להם, ומבואות, המבוי is the alleyway, שיש להם שלושה קטנים ולחי ברוח רביעית, that have three walls, walls from three sides, and on the fourth side they have even לחי, לחי is a little column protruding from one of the sides, לחי and קורה are good to make a מבוי carryable, But Harambam here mentioned only Lehi as fitting within this paradigm of something surrounded by four walls. Lehi is actually a wall. So to a courtyard, a deer is a place for the flock, for the sheep to, to, to gather in there. Sahar is, a, is what you use for, for example, for chicken. That were made, they were surrounded by walls in order to create a living space. For animals or for humans, כולן רשות היחיד למונהן, all of them are 100% רשות היחיד. אפילו כלים, even things that are considered כלים, and the halachot of כלים are very complex, what is a כלי, what is not a כלי, but just take the word for now כלי, כגון ספינה, like for example, a vessel, או מרדל של העס, or a, a wooden tower, בחברת מגדל uh, is not really tower, it's really more of a closet, but it looked like a towel. Uh, and that מגדל is what uh, people were dragging, if you recall, for the definition of דבר שאינו מתכוון. וחברת, חברת is a place where you cultivate um, bees for honey. וחיוסה בהן and things of that sort. So all of those are, let's imagine them like little closets or big closets, a huge closet like a ship. אם יש בהן ארבעה על ארבעה בגובה העשרה או יתר על זה, if they have at the very least a surface area of 4 by 4 and a height of 10 or more, הרי הן רשות היחיד גמורה, all of those are 100% רשות היחיד. 
על החגים, על עובי הכתבים של רשות היחיד כרשות היחיד, לאחרים עושה מחיצה לעצמו לא כל שכן, and the actual depth, the thickness, whatever is within the thickness of the walls, creating רשות היחיד get the same status, because these walls have the power to create a רשות היחיד within them, so obviously how much more so that within their own self, within their own depth, they'll create a רשות היחיד. ורשות היחיד, עבירה, the space that goes above it, it continues being Rashut Ayahid through outer space. However, in Rashut Harabim, if you go above ten tefahim, all the earth space is not Rashut Arabim. And above ten tefahim in the earth space of Rashut Harabim, Mekom Petor, who it's called Mekom Petor. We are going to understand exactly what that means, but it pretty much means a permitted zone. It's a permitted zone, and, and that has consequences for a little bit from now. Carmelit, it's the fourth Rashut now, so we've seen Yahid, Rabim. Not a function of ownership, but a function of function. So Rabin is something that has a function of permitting people to go through there, right? So a desert, that's where people used to travel through to go from one place to the other. The equivalent of a desert nowadays should be, I think, an interstate highway, if you want to think about it that way. Ye'arim is, uh, is forests, again, also places that are not the city itself. Shvakim is inside the city, but it's a place where everyone can come to. So if you imagine a city back in the day, think of the Rova Yehudi in Yerushalayim, that's the closest we can get to an ancient city. And the city is really a bunch of houses put together. Uh, even modern day Jewish quarter has a lot of public spaces like parks and uh, other buildings for public use, etc. That's not how places were back in the day. It was really a bunch of houses bunched together uh, through the structure as a courtyard into alleyways, into streets. And then you have one main street normally, just like in the, in, the, in the Wild West movies, you have that one large street that goes through. And just like the, the US highways that you still have in the United States, they stopped being used as much when, Heisen, when, uh, when they created the, the interstate highways. Eisenhower created the interstate highways, but it used to be one main street, and you still have in many towns in the United States the main street. Everything ended up developing outside from there. That leads to alleyways, that leads to courtyards, that leads to homes. That main street was one street. It usually went, if the town was surrounded by some wall, it usually, usually went from one end of the town to the other end of the town, and then it went forth into really the desert. By desert, we mean a place that it's not inhabited. It doesn't, you don't need to have sand. There could be a desert in Alaska. There could be a desert in Alaska. It's a place that's not inhabited, a place that is free for all. Anyone can walk through there. Um, it's dangerous, etc., etc. <clears throat> Likewise with forests, also a place that's not developed for residents. And Shevakim is within a city, you can have a shuk. Within a larger cities, you can have a central area also led to by the main street. 
And in that central area, there is enough traffic. It's permitted for everyone to come and traffic through there and to, to bring their wagons through there, etc., etc. So, fourth reshut now. Arba reshuyot la Shabbat. Reshut ayahid ushut harabim v'charmelit umkompetor. There is four reshuyot. Yahid, rabim, as we explained. Karmelit, we are going to explain now. And mekompetor, we explained also, is the permitted zone. Ezohi karmelit. What is karmelit? Karmelit, Haramam explains in Perusha Mishnayot, means ke-armelit, like a widow. It's a term that's also found in Megillat Echa Hayetake Almana. And it's a woman who, on the one hand, is no longer single, but on the other hand, so she's not single, she cannot marry anyone, but on the other hand, she's not married. It's a woman what uh, is parallel also to Aguna. It's a woman that is like a widow in the sense that she doesn't have a husband there, but on the other hand, she has a husband, she cannot marry anyone, so she's not here nor there. So an example of Carmelit is a, a heightened surface area, a little mount that has a surface of four by four or more. But its height is not more than 10, which would make it Reshut Ayahid, but it's rather between three and 10. One rule about Carmelit, you will never find Carmelit above 10 Tefahim. And its area cannot be less than four by four. So it's not it's not the ground, it's not ground level because it's more than three tefahim. And three tef, as we said in last chapter, something that's within three tefahim is considered part of the ground, but something above that is already unlinked from the ground, but it's not yet ten tefahim to be considered Rashut Harabim. I have to refresh the page. Give me just a couple of seconds. Okay. V'chen makom shehukaf be'arba'a mechisod govhan mishelosha ve'alasara. Likewise, something that's not fully, it's an unbaked, not fully baked, Rashut Hayahid, it has full, four surrounding walls, but these walls are not of the required requisite height. Kovahan Mishelushavel Asaran, these walls have the height of more than three, but less than ten. Uvenhemarbaalabaoyatelakin, the surface area, yes, the surface area is sufficient for Rashut Hayahid, but it doesn't have the sufficient height. Vechen Keren Zavid has Hamsemuchal Rashut Harabim, the Gemara calls this Keren Zavid, Harambam explains it in a certain way, Rashi, a different way, but Keren Zavid. It's something, a corner in modern Hebrew, or something protruding to Rashut Harabim. And this is something that has, you have Rashut Harabim, and something protrudes away from it, and is surrounded by three walls, but leads to Rashut Harabim, Kegon, like a Mavoy, according to Harambam, a Mavoy, that leads to Rashut Harabim and does not have Lech Yorkora. It does have three walls, but it's fully Rashut Harabim if it leads to Rashut Harabim. And that is what Harambam understands is Keren Zavit that the Gemara discusses. Vechen <coughs> Hayamim, Yamim is oceans, seas, or any body of water, frankly, Vehabik'ah, 
Bik'ah is the valley, but it really means, according to Harambam's son, an area, that, it's a plantation, something that was planted and is not permissible for, it's not open for the public to go through it. It's private property, but it's very open. Whether it's during the, the summer or winter time where, where the field looks differently because it's either planted or not planted, but it doesn't matter. It's Carmelite in any ways. All of these are Carmelites. Aver HaKarmelite, the air, the airspace of Carmelite, just like the airspace of Reshut HaRabim, it is the same as the surface area. It is the same as, as what as the, the ground, so it's Carmelite in this case, or Reshut HaRabim, until the first, or through the first Asarat Efahim. However, above 10, in this airspace, it becomes like in Rashut Harabim, it becomes the permitted zone. Therefore, the, the area above the water, above the surface of the water in the ocean, so on the first tenth of Ahim, which is not very high, is Carmelite. Ulmala Asara and above this, which is most relevant for vessels that are navigating, is Mekom Petor, is the permitted zone. However, if you go deep into the water, that's equivalent, it's analogous to going into the ground and digging into the ground. And it's really, I think it's undefined. If you carry something underwater, I think that that's undefined. This is a Hidush because in Rashut Harabim is different. But if you have a well that is dug within Carmelite, it is like Carmelite. Even if it were 100 amot deep by 100 amot wide of radius, it would still be not Rashut Hayahid, but rather Carmelite. It's a Hidush. Again, in Rashut Harabim, it becomes Rashut Hayahid. Um, in a, in a Teshuvah, I have here on the side of, uh, of Rabbi Yochai Makbili's edition, in Teshuvah, Harambam explains that we are talking here about a well that is filled with water. If it's not filled with water, then if it does have the requisite depth and the requisite surface area, it will be indeed Rashut Hayahid. If Rashut Harabim has a, a covering on top of it, like a tunnel in the middle of the highway, or if it doesn't have the requisite width of 16 amot, like some narrower streets that don't have 24 feet from one side to the other, but most streets nowadays do have that. those. That is Carmelite. By the way, it's not by city and it's not by neighborhood. Let's make that clear. It's by street. Each street has to be analyzed separately. Something like a hupa, a, 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 uh, if you think about it, it's two four poles that have a covering on top, so it doesn't have any walls, but it has a roof. 
and that is in, in Rashut Harabim, so under it is Carmelite. Vesideh um, Rashut Harabim Ka Carmelite. The uh, istaba, I'm sorry, istaba might not be something to go under, but rather something to place things on top. So it's a surface area that's a little bit high. It's above three tefahim. And it fits the description we said before, and people use it to place things on top. So it's the unloading deck, for example, in the marketplace. The sides of Rashut Harabim, of a street that fits the description of Rashut Harabim, the sides of that street where people don't really walk, it's too close to the wall, those sides are like Carmelit. However, an area that's not the sides, but it's really through the gates, and this is not an enclosed gate, but you have two columns, a column on each side. Imagine the cardo, if anyone is familiar with that in Yerushalayim, those kind of streets are the streets we're talking about. So you have two columns. So in between those two columns, although it's not as wide as, as the rest, because it is, it serves the function of permitting public traffic, Harehen Rashut Harabim, that is Rashut Harabim. Ezehu mekompetor, what is mekompetor, the permitted zone? Mekom sheyeshbo pachot me'arba'a l'arba'a v'govho shelosha'a d'arachia, any place that does not have an area of four by four, so it's narrower than that, smaller than that, and its height is between three and the rakia, and the outer space. So any height, with one exception, which we are going to say in a, in a bit, because if it had been lower than that, it would just be part of the ground. Even if it's not something that's part of, this, of the scenery, it's not an, a, a permanent part, but it's rather someone placed it there, like imagine a pile of dung, of, of, uh, of dog feces, or, or of uh, horse feces, more likely, and they put everything as a pile, and the pile is more than three tefahim. So that pile, the top of that pile would be mekom petor, or a bush in the middle of the street also mekom petor. Likewise, a ditch that doesn't have the surface area of four by four, but it does have the requisite height of Carmelite of three or more. Likewise, something that is surrounded by walls and doesn't have the surface area of 4x4. Again, why is that surface area so important? Because it's the minimum area that Hachamim established would have significance to serve as the resting place for an object. And this is not 4x4 in terms of area, in terms of square Tefahim, but rather it's actual four by actual four. So even if you have three by a thousand, that's not four by four. This would be the permitted zone. Likewise, the earth space of Carmelite or Rashut Harabim, so above ten Tefahim from the ground, is permitted zone. Any place that has on its height nine tefahim exactly, this is an exception. Anything, let's say a column in the middle of a street that has exactly nine tefahim of height, 
לא פחות ולא יותר, not more not less, in רשות הרבים, הרי הוא כרשות הרבים. החכמים said, although this would fit the qualifications from a competitor, this specific case is going to be רשות הרבים, ואין משכיחין עמידת אורכו, עמידת רוחבו, we don't pay attention to its length or its breadth, its width, בין רחב, בין קצר, whether it's very wide, very large area, or very narrow, מפני שרבים מחטפים עליו, because the function that this kind of height serves is a perfect height for placing things, and therefore because it serves a very public function, everyone who passes by can put their, can rest on it, can, can stop there and put their, their back for a second and then put it back on, on their shoulder or whatever. Chachamim decided this is Rashut Harabim. Avalim hayayatir al tish'al pachut, but if it's more than nine or less than nine, אם היה בו ארבעה על ארבעה יותר, הרי הוא כרמלית, ואם אין בו ארבעה על ארבעה, הרי הוא מקומפטור, then we go back to the rule, if it has a surface area of more than 4x4 כרמלית, less than that מקומפטור. הלכתת גג הסמוך לשוט הרבים בתוך עשרה טפחים, הואיל ורבים מחטפים עליו, אסור לטלטל בגג עד שיעשה לו סולם קבוע להטילו. A, a roof that protrudes from the ground, to imagine a house that's underground, and the roof is... Ten tefachim exactly above ground, the roof of that house. So given that it serves that function of, of nine tefachim, this is not going to be Rashut Harabim, because it's actually private property, it's part of a house, but still Hachamim did not want people to carry on it, so there is a way of permitting it, which is by, by adding to it a staircase or a ladder to show that this is not a surface area to place things on it, but rather something to stand on it, and it's a domain of its own. But before you do that, it's prohibited to carry from Rashut Harabim to it, and vice versa. And within the Gag itself also. Halachat Tet, continuation. Amud Birshut Harabim, Gavo Asara Verachav Arba'a, as we said before, a, even a column that's in Rashut Arabim, it has a surface area of 4 by 4 and a height of 10 or more, is Rashut Hayahid. This is now a, a, an exception to what we said. If this column now has some kind of a hook or, or a, another, another thing that's meant to hang from it or to tie animals to it, um, so, so someone uh, added the function to this column, it's no longer what, what matters about this column is no longer the surface area on top, which would have been but rather the main function of it now becomes that hook that's added to it from the side. Therefore, we see the height of the column itself as beginning from that hook. And then if it doesn't have a height from that hook until the top of more than 10 tefahim, then it's reduced to the status of Carmelit. If the entire... Uh, surrounding of this, if the whole uh, 
circumference of this column is filled with these hooks, then it's the same thing. We count from the uppermost one until the top, and we see perhaps the column is uh, lower to the status of Carmelite from Rashuta Yahid. Any holes inside the walls of a private domain, they are like Rashut Hayahid, so from the inside. Aval Hore Rashut Harabim, but holes that face to the outside Rashut Harabim, Enam Kirshut Harabim, El Haren Kafimidatan, they don't get the status automatically of what they are facing to of Rashut Harabim, but rather we look at their size. Kesad, how so? Hor Besad Rashut Harabim, a hole in a wall that faces Rashut Harabim. If it has a surface area of 4 by 4 and it's, it has the, the height of 10, this would be Rashut Ayahid. If it doesn't have the height of 10, it's Carmelite. If it doesn't have the surface area of 4 by 4, it's Mekompetor. Of course, so long as it's more than 10 tefahim from the ground, because anything that's more than uh, less than three tefahim from the ground, it's considered part of the ground, that's called lavud in the Gemara. Al-Khayyud Aleph, Rashut Ayahid, um kompitor, mutal taltal bechula, nafilu haya orech kol achad mishatehen kamma milim taltal bechula. So there is something that the kompitor, the permitted zone, and the private zone have in common, and that is within themselves, you can carry as much as you want, even if their surface area extends for more than many thousands of yards. So, for example, if you're a superman and you want to carry by flying more than 10 tefahim from the ground, we said that that is the competitor that would be permissible. Aval, Rashut Harabim ve Karmelit, bahen ela amot, but Rashut Harabim and Karmelit, as we explained uh, before, so you are not allowed to carry even within them rather than more than within the first four amot of where you are standing. And if you do exceed those four amot, and as we explained, this is to really be hayav, it would need to be the diagonal of the four amot square that's created around you. If this is Rashut Harabim, you'd be liable. With Carmelit, Patur. If it's Carmelit, you'd be Patur. Sheisur HaKarmelit, Midivrehem, because Carmelit is an Isur de Rabbanan. If it was the Oraita, Carmelit would be permissible to carry in. And why is it prohibited by Hachamim? Because it's too similar to Rashut Harabim. Shemetit Halef Bishut Harabim, and people might get confused. And, oh, I can carry in that area that is three uh, bread, three palm bread from the ground. Maybe I can also carry on the ground itself. And therefore, Hamim wanted to make to give you the same status as Rashut Harabim. Therefore, now an exception for Carmelit. If the person does not need to carry to transport that object to point B from point A, but rather he just wants to remove it from point A, like for example, there is Carmelite right outside, let's say that my backyard 
my front yard is Carmelite. It likely is. My front yard is probably a lot of parts of it, three tefahim or more above ground, but it's not 10 tefahim above ground and it's not surrounded by Mehetzot. It's also not a street. So this is likely Carmelite. Therefore, if I wanted on Shabbat to take something away from a certain area of my front yard to another area within for, uh, more than four amot, I'm allowed to do so. Hachamim only forbade the purposeful transportation when you actually want to reach the latter point. But if you just want to take to remove something from the first point, so for example, if I wanted to clean the snow from the front of my house within my front yard, it's all Carmelite, perhaps I would be allowed to do so, not talking about the actual act of removing snow, but actually the carrying of the snow. I think I would be allowed to do so because I'm removing the snow from uh, Carmelite to another place in Carmelite. The example that's brought here is removing a cot, removing a, a, a thorn, so people don't step on it. Even if this is done through many amot. And here is an example of Harambam telling us, take this example and extend it to your own situation. This is a rule. It's not a specifically legislated example. Just like it's permissible to carry, to transport within the entire area of the permitted zone, so too, it's called a permitted zone because it has this very neat feature. You can transport things from it and to it from any other reshut. Yahid, Rabim, Ven Sarich Lomar Carmelit, obviously Carmelit. Umosiin Lomashut Yahid, Umashut Rabim, Ven Sarich Lomamina Carmelit. So it's a really per a permitted zone and you can transport from any of the other three reshuyot to it and from it. Just like it's forbidden to carry within Carmelite, it's also forbidden to carry from it, from it and to it from either Rashut Rabim or Rashut Yahid. The only one that's permissible is Rashut Mekompetor. Carrying from the, the private domain to the public domain or public domain to private domain, the Carmelit Ba'emsa, if in the middle between them there was Carmelit, that person would be Patur. So in my example, if someone brought something from the street to my house, passing through my front yard, that person would be Patur, not Mutar, but Patur. Just, uh, just like if someone throws something from one to the other with Carmelite in the middle, is patur. And so too, if someone stops in the middle, so in my example, someone brings something from the street to my front yard, stops there and then takes it from my front yard to my house, also is patur. Halachat etvav ha-mosim al-shut ha-yachid l-shut ha-rabim ve'avar al-mekom petor b'nehem ba-alichato. 
Hayav. Now, this is a little counterintuitive because Mekom Petor now becomes a little more stringent than Carmelit. If my front yard was not Carmelit, but rather Mekom Petor, but it was rather the permitted zone, then if someone is carrying from the outside, from Rishut Rabin, to Rishut Yahid passing through Mekom Petor, he would be Hayav, because by walking, he never really stopped within the Mekompetor and never really took advantage of its existence. He was just transitioning through it and, and therefore it's as if we ignore it and it's as if he carried from Rabim to Yahid or vice versa. Then Sadiq Lomar Bazurek, how much more so if someone is throwing something with Mekompetor in the middle? However, if someone is standing on Mekom Ptor and he turns to Rashuta Rabim and takes something from there and then turns back towards Rashuta Yahid and places it there, then that person would be Patur. Patur Avalasur. Likewise, vice versa from Rashuta Rabim to Rashuta Yahid. This is now some specific exceptions to what we said. So until now, you should have a pretty good idea of what are the four Rashuyot of Shabbat. If you do not, then go back. We are not going to refine the definitions much further. Right now, we're going to start talking about examples. We are going to discuss the kind of walls that are good for Rashuta Yahid, but not the definition of the area itself. A column in Rashut Rabim that has the requisite height and the requisite surface area on top for Rashut Yahid. Just one second. Ven begova kasar sheloshelosha, and it's the its its shortest height does not have three. It has uh, it has uh, less than three. Ven beikaro arba'a, and its its um, its surface area doesn't have four so really it's a column that starts very narrow and it grows to be very wide and that becomes Rashuta Yahid even though you could think that it's because the area at the bottom is very narrow it should be judged by the area no we actually look at the surface so imagine a lamp outside right the lamp is very narrow on the bottom but then the surface area of the lamp the head of the lamp might be four by four that is Rashut Hayahid. So if you throw something from Rabim to that, you'd be Hayav. Now, this is an interesting example. What if you have, it's very relevant. What if you have not something with very well defined 90 degrees walls, but you have something that's sloped? So, what kind of a slope is seen as sufficiently vertical for whatever is on top of it? 
to be considered as though it has a height of the height of the of the slope. So tell him it like it. גובה עשרה טפחים מתוך אורך ארבע אמות, הרי הוא רשות היחיד, ואם זרק פשוט הרבה מלך על כתב חייו. So the, the, the minimum slope what something needs to have in order for it to be considered a vertical area, so if it's in the Shutarabim, it would create on top of it a Rishut Ayahid, it would have to be a slope of 10 for every 24, really. So it's four amot and 10 tefahim. Four amot is 24 tefahim. And so the 10 is the height, and the 24 tefahim is the hypotenuse of this triangle, which creates an angle of 24.6 degrees. So anything, any slope that is 24.6 degrees or more, obviously 90 degrees, it's seen as creating a height. It's seen as creating height. And therefore, if it leads to a height of 10 tefahim, whatever is on top of it perhaps can qualify from a competitor or for a shutayahid. Halakha yodzayin, da'as kameh b'shutayahid, afilu gavoa me'amma v'zarak b'shutarabim b'nachal kabav hayav, sh'rshutayahid ola adarakia. Anything that's in shutayahid, let's say a tree or a column that is very, very high, and you throw something from Rashut Rabim on top of it, you'll be Hayav because Rashut Ayahid extends through the heavens. However, if the trees, if the trees uh, branches go extend from within Rashut Ayahid to Rashut Rabim, and then I throw something to one of the branches that's hovering over Rashut Rabim, I'd be Patur because for this context we don't consider the branches to follow the roots and rather we see the branches as standing above Rashut Rabim and therefore these are um, of a height of Mekompetor and I'd be Patur. If I have a column in Rashut Rabim and on top of it, I have a traskal. So in my example of the column, right? If the column, if the columns, sorry, the lamp before, if the lamp's lamp is more than 10 tefahim above ground, then although it would have been the shutayahid, if it doesn't have more than four by four surface area, like most lamps that I know, then that becomes my competitor because it's above, it's above ten tefahim from the ground, and therefore if I throw something from Rashut Rabim to it, I am patur. Hazurek al ba'amot b'Rashut Rabim menach hafez b'kotel. If I throw something from Rashut Rabim onto a wall and it gets stuck on the height of the wall, kigon shetarak helav u'basek v'nit bak b'kotel. Like if I throw uh, some uh, fat or dough. And it gets glued to to the wall. If it's uh, if it's above ten tefahim, it's as if I'm throwing it, and it's still in the air. So I'm not hayab, obviously. 
Shilimala me'asarab b'shut harabim me'kom petorhu, and this would be the, within the permitted zone. Mibak lemata me'asarat tefachim k'zorek ba'alis ve'chayal. However, if it lands within the first ten tefachim of that wall of that vertical surface, then I'd be hayav because it's as if it landed on the ground, because the first ten tefachim are part of reshut harabim. Zarak lemala me'asarab v'nach bechol koshehu patur. However, if it doesn't land. But on the side, sideways, on the vertical area, but rather within a hole in that wall, then we said that the holes are mekompetur. Uh, I'm going to add here, so long as the hole is a, more than 10 tefahim from the ground. I'm going to also add here, based on another halacha we studied, that if this wall is the side of the street that is Rashut Harabim, then the wall itself is probably Karmelit and not Rashut Harabim, because it's and therefore the person is probably patur. If I throw a spear from Rashut Yahid and it lands vertically on Rashut Harabim, then I'd be patur because some of it is standing above ground more than the Tefahim, that's my competitor. But if I throw an object from Yahid to Rabim, and this object itself was in itself a Rashut Yahid, like a huge box, then I'm Patur because because the moment I throw it, the moment it lands, it creates within the space it's fitting a Rashut Yahid, and therefore I'm throwing from Yahid to Yahid. If I have a well that is exactly nine tefahim in Rashut Rabim, and I take something from its bottom, and that makes it ten tefahim high, then although my act of carrying that thing from the bottom and the creation of Rashut Yahid come at once. I'd be patur. Because the moment I did the akira, it wasn't of a sufficient height to be Rashut Yahid. Likewise, if I throw something into a well that was ten tefahim and then that made it less than ten tefahim, thereby making it not Rashut Yahid, I'm also patur because the moment of the hanaha, I already don't have the required height. Um, just like if I throw an object that is Rashut Yahid, if I throw a surface, I throw a sheet, and that sheet lands somewhere that creates a Rashut Yahid, I'm also patur because the moment I'm landing, I'm creating this new Rashut, and therefore I'm throwing from Yahid to Yahid. A well that is ten tefahim deep and has a, 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 an area of eight in Rashut Rabbim, and then I throw a sheet from Rashut Rabbim, and that sheet creates a wall in the middle of that well, and it creates really two wells with less than four by four each of them. Patur, shehare, 
that's also patur because the moment that that sheet lands vertically inside that well, inside that hole, it's splitting the hole in two and it's creating two rashuyot, none of which is rashut ayahid. And that's also another case, special case in which each of them would be less than rashut ayahid and then be patur. A well that's filled with water in Rashut Rabim, and I throw an object, and the object lands in the water, because the water does not reduce the area created by the walls. However, if it was filled with objects like fruits, and then I throw something on it, and it lands on the fruits, because those objects, those fruits, are seen, are deemed to reduce the the area, that empty space created by the walls of that well, of that hole. Mm-hmm. A, um, a puddle of water in the middle of Rashut Rabim, and everyone walks through it. If he doesn't have a depth of 10 tefahim, then it's part of Rashut Rabim. Uh, whether it was, it has a depth of four amot, which is more than enough, or if it doesn't have four tefahim, which is very narrow, it's still it's part of the, the surface on which that puddle is standing, which is Rajut Rabim, because the people um, just jump over it. Um, or, or jump on it or in it and uh, and are not really considered as though they are walking within this new domain created by that puddle. If it, so long as it doesn't have a depth of 10 tefahim, it's considered Rashut Harabim. However, if it has a depth of 10 or more, then it becomes like a body of water and it's Carmelite. But all of this is so long as it has a surface area of 4 by 4 or more, because Carmelit needs to have 4 by 4 or more, and if it's less than that, presumably this becomes Mekom Petur. With this, we finished one of the more complex chapters of Ilchot Shabbat, Perek Yudalet, Be'ajad Hashem, tomorrow, we study chapter 15.